When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Skin Crawl, a radio drama podcast. The greatest radio drama horror podcast of all time. Created by Skinner. It will scare the hell out of you. so I can tell you my stories and tell you a couple of spooky tales and frighten you. Let me ask you a question, huh? You ever wonder if we're the only ones out here just chilling in the universe? It seems impossible, right? Like, we're the only ones on this planet, like, spinning around and around in the universe and it's like we're the only ones? I mean, I don't want to meet what's out there. Uh, they'll probably take a look at what we got going on down here and be like, this has got to go. We got to destroy this stuff. Uh, you know, then they'll be like, oh, this planet is ours, let's drink their souls, too, you know, it's like, I don't want that, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it'll probably be like something like that, right, I don't know, <laughs> I tell you what, though, deep down, my fear is that they'll do something even worse, I mean, because we probably, we deserve it a little bit, I mean, a little, little bit, though, so, you know, listen, sit back, lock your doors, and hear me out, because I got a good story for you, it's called Mother Earth. November 5th, 2027. Hello, this is Dr. Garrett Walsh. I'm an agronomist for the U.S. government working to curate our own national seed vault, not unlike the global one located in Norway. You know, the good old U.S., though, can't rely on sharing. So, here we are. Hey, I'm just a lover of agriculture. I'm not here to be political. I just care about preserving plants and seeds, and honestly, it can't hurt to have a little extra backup, right? Especially these days. You see, I decided to start these tapes as an analog backup to the digital archives of my work, in case of a loss of any digital content. Let me explain. Four days ago, an unidentified spacecraft was spotted barreling towards Earth at an alarming rate. I've reached out to friends and colleagues in various different government sectors, but no one seems to have answers. Of course, I don't have tippity-top secret clearance, 
only enough to know the details of my own classified project, so they could just be obligated to keep their mouths shut. No one wants to risk a vacation to Gitmo, and I don't blame them. I'm currently at our bunker underneath northern Alaska. This spacecraft has me spooked, I'll admit. I don't know what sort of interference it will have on electronics, if any. One of my buds over at NASA said there's a possibility it's just a hunk of a bunch of space junk that's accumulated over the years. You know our orbit's full of trash, right? Anyway, he said it in that way your parents tell you little Scruffy is going to live on a farm up north to run and play, just pacifying an old friend without sounding very convinced of it himself. And the fact that he had to quickly hang up the phone didn't help my nerves much either. The public isn't aware of any of this yet. The ship is still months away from making contact with the surface of Earth, or so they tell me. At this point, I'm just trying to stay calm and do whatever I can to preserve all my work. We're a pretty small crew out here. A few fellow agronomists and uh, botanists, a handful of chemists and microbiologists doing their own research, and a good heaping of military personnel. They're also doing their own thing. I'm not privy to it, but it's hard to miss the weapons testing and drills out in the distance when you all live in a few huts in the Alaskan wilderness. Of course, they're uh, state-of-the-art huts, but huts nonetheless. I'm not complaining. This is the best job I could have asked for post-divorce. You know, being out here, finding myself, working on the research I love. Food's not too bad either. But after my contract is up, I don't think I'll ever be able to look at a can of green beans again. I swear they serve that shit with every meal. Oh, uh, here comes Becky. Hey, Beck, you want to say hi? Oh my god, I haven't seen one of those since high school. Where did you get it? eBay. Where else? What are you doing with it? Uh, do I even want to know? <laughs> I'm, I'm just uh, making some backup files of all my work in case something knocks out all of our digital stuff. What would knock out our digital stuff? Maybe you have a little case of baby brain, but you were in the same meeting as I was when they told us an alien spaceship was headed our way, weren't you? Oh, Jesus. Are you really that worried about that? It's probably just an old satellite or something. You sound like my mom. She's freaking out about it. Can you believe that? I feel like I'm ready to pop any day now, and my new baby is having to compete with aliens. She called yesterday and couldn't talk about anything else. Like, hello, your only daughter is eight months pregnant with your first grandchild in the Alaskan wilderness while valiantly working on life-saving agricultural conservation efforts, but... Sure. Your mom? Beck, this was top-secret stuff. Oh, come on. They never tell us the super-secret stuff. Oh, my God. I just remembered. The general explicitly telling us it was top-secret, like actual top-secret. Shit. Don't worry, Bex. We all got mommy issues. If you can buy me one of those macadamia cookies I like from the commissary, I'll consider erasing your admission of guilt. <laughs> oh, my God. Garrett, turn that thing off. I'm going to kick... November 6th, 2027. This is Dr. Garrett Walsh again. My first voice note, or whatever you would call it, wasn't exactly productive, so let's start making progress on these documents, shall we? Okay, actually, 
let's start easy with some basic inventory we just got in. Before I get to the good stuff, I want to listen back and make sure these old tapes are in good shape. Box number 2F0732 from the Genetic Resource Center in Nigeria. Box number 2E0114 from ICARDA or the International Center for Agricultural Research in the dry areas. For those of you not in the know. Okay, and uh, box number 2B0532 from the Taiwan Agricultural Research Institute. Oh, and I think these are the Shansu. Dr. Walsh, we're having an all hands in the cafeteria. DC's about to call in and give us our orders. Our orders? Huh, hold on. What? It's, uh, it's taken me a bit to get back into this thing. I've honestly been a bit shaken up, so I sort of forgot about it. I know these tapes were just going to be an analog archive of the work I've done here at the research facility, but I think it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag of research and a sort of audio diary of what's going on. Oh, and, and this is Dr. Garrett Walsh, and the date is November 9th, 2027. It's, uh, it's been a few days since the all hands. We were told that we had to stay put and continue our research, sort of business as usual, but that they would be cutting the military presence by half. We also received the worrying news that we were advised not to leave the facility under any circumstances. When pressed, that advised turned into a direct order. We're a pretty all-inclusive little resort here, I never really felt the need to leave outside of my vacation time, and traveling is a, is a pain in the ass that requires a helicopter or a heavy terrain vehicle that can handle the snow, but being told we can't leave definitely shot a little ice water in my veins. Becky is uh, devastated. She and Dave, oh, uh, Dave is her husband, he's writing a novel, and they were scheduled to leave yesterday to get to Anchorage where she was going to have the baby. Clinic here is great and all, but her parents can't exactly fly into a semi-secret research base to celebrate their grandkid and help their daughter in her new journey of motherhood. The uh, GIs have already started moving out. Where to? No idea. I don't have clearance for that info. Maybe they've figured out where the spacecraft is gonna land? Or they're headed to a bigger base to wait for more orders? <laughs> Maybe they're leaving us as alien bait? I could speculate all day, but that won't help me, or anybody. I'm gonna keep working. No shipments today. Uh, maybe later I'll go through and figure out what documents I think really need to be backed up. murmurs from the outside world, a.k.a. social media. We may be in the middle of nowhere, but uh, we still have the ability to keep in touch. Well, uh, it turns out the ship is close enough that some amateur astronomers have picked up on it. 
seems the public is going back and forth on whether it's real or not. And if it is real, is it something to panic about? I'm trying not to panic. I'm not an easily rattled guy, but come on now, this is the stuff of movies, and, and those movies don't tend to end well for a lot of the people in them. The ship is, uh, is coming in a whole lot faster than the few months they quoted us a week ago. In fact, it, it looks like it could be here in days. To say I'm nervous is, a, is an understatement. So, cat's out of the bag. Our uh, president made a statement about the ship. Seems he was just trying to quell the panic, but just created more instead. Isn't that how it usually goes? He says that their top scientists are on it and uh, more research is needed. He threw in several times not to trust armchair scientists. That unless you hear straight news from the government, just ignore it. Other world leaders seem to be saying the same all claiming that they don't know for sure if it's even a spacecraft and could just be space junk surrounding a meteor. Kind of like my old buddy at NASA tried to tell me. This is, uh, this is Dr. Uh, Garrett Walsh, and this is my new radio show, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think that title's already taken, Walsh. You know what, Dave? I think you're right. This is Garrett's uh, Encounters of the uh, Whiskey Kind here at the mess hall of the United States Sea Vault located in a redacted part of Alaska's coldest nook and cranny. Even drunk, you keep those government secrets better than I do. <laughs> also, some of us don't get to drink to the end of the world, you know. Aw, uh, Bex. You know I can't wait to meet that little one of yours. I hope he calls me Uncle Garrett, and I, I want you to know that you can ask me for anything. I'll help you both out in any way I can. I, I'll, I'll babysit, I'll, I'll teach him to identify all my varieties of barley. Uh, hey, you're my best friend here in this frozen tundra, you two. I, I hope you know that, all right? My BFFs, my B, uh, BFFs, as the kids call it, right? And thanks for putting up with the, the old uh, agro, uh, uh, ag, ground, uh, ground, uh, crops guy, all right? Hmm, thanks for taking me under your wing, crop guy. Crop, cr crop guy, all right? Like, like, like the ones you grow. Can I get real with you right now? Yeah, man, this is a safe space. We're, we're all friends. You can be so real with me. Lord. Walsh. We were so nervous when she took this job, but you've really treated us like family, like, like for real. You are family, man. You should be our kid's um, godfather, man. Becky, Becky, uh, Becky, we should make Walsh the godfather. No offense to Dr. Walsh, but you have a brother who you already promised that to the last time you were drunk. It's all good, all right? I'm, I'm Uncle Gary. Plus... I don't know the first thing about raising kids. Well, anyway, uh, it, it, it's been a trip to be out here, but it's it's been so great to meet you and watch Becky be so uh, be so happy and, and hey, 
I've had a whole year to work on my spy novel while you guys, you know, save the planet. Here's hoping there's even a planet left to save after those ETs land. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce George Rogenkamp, okay? Microbiologist extraordinary and basic base curmudgeon. George, welcome to the... What was, what was this show called again? <laughs> I believe it was the Crab Guy's Idiot Hour. <laughs> I really don't understand how you're all so jovial right now. Rebecca, you're pregnant, for Christ's sake. Aren't you terrified what kind of a horror movie you'll be bringing your baby into? What kind of mother just sits around laughing with drunkards while her child's well-being is at stake? Yeah, George, I am terrified. In fact... I have thought about that goddamn spaceship every waking moment of every day since we found out about it. Dave has to talk me down from daily panic attacks. I've had to start force-feeding myself protein shakes because the anxiety kills my appetite. But when you're eating for two, you can't just skip meals and tighten your belt. I've started cobbling together a makeshift nursery with whatever furniture I can find to shove into the corner of our two-person glorified shack. And while I do, I weep because my baby was supposed to be born in Anchorage at a real hospital where we have a real apartment and a real nursery waiting for us to take her home to where her grandparents would be waiting and my mom would be there to help me because I've never been a fucking mother before. But now, as you said, we don't even know if there's going to be a planet left at all. So excuse me if I have a few laughs for an evening with the people I love. Oh, and George, if there are aliens, it's sci-fi, not horror. Those two genres are frequently combined. Shut the fuck up, George. Hey, Wallace, you might, you might want to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh... <clears throat> this is, uh hungover and maybe still a little drunk Dr. Garrett Walsh here to say that uh, Dr. Rebecca Wynn is the most loving soon-to-be mother I've ever met. She's going to be the best mom a kid could ask for. I also want to say that Dr. George S. Rogenkamp deserves to be decked in the face. Dr. Crap Guy over and out. The ship has arrived. There's no hiding it anymore from the general public. It landed in the uh, world's largest salt flat 
in Bolivia. I guess they maybe just looked for the biggest landing pad they could find. The images we're getting of this ship, it's, uh, it's massive. It's larger than I could have ever imagined. It looks like it's constructed of a purplish, iridescent material, like nothing I've ever seen before. It's sharp and rigid. Picture if you laid a pointy skyscraper like the Empire State Building on its side. Look, I, I know aliens in cartoons usually say they come in peace, but this thing looks straight out of a horror sci-fi comic. Nothing has emerged from it in the few hours it's been parked. All I can say right now is I'm glad I'm thousands of miles away. Word is cities around the world are beginning to get restless. What did, uh, what did Rod Serling say in that one episode of Twilight Zone? We milled around like frightened farm animals. That's exactly what's going on. I feel so powerless to do anything about it. There's talk online of starting pilgrimages to go see the ship up close. Can you imagine wanting to get closer to that thing? Bolivia's government is uh, trying to claim ownership over it, but the rest of the world's governments agree that isn't happening. That's the only thing they agree on, I imagine. I don't know much, but I know even within our own country, politicians can't agree on whether to try to make contact or just go ahead and nuke the thing into oblivion. I'm usually more of a pacifist, but for some reason I'm, I'm leaning more towards the latter option. Not alone. Everyone around here seems more heated than usual. Becky stopped coming into work. Dave said he thinks the due date is closer than the doctors originally thought and that she's fine, she's just tired and has been sleeping a whole lot more. She's a tough cookie, though. She'll be fine. I imagine growing a whole other human can be pretty exhausting. Something is happening to the world. There's a thick film of unrest. Crime has gone up everywhere. Cults started to form outside the spaceship. Then the cults started fighting. I don't know why, they, they all worship the same thing. A lot of lost folks looking for answers in the ugly metal monstrosity. I don't think they're gonna find them. George is dead. I knew something wasn't right with that guy. He took the sidearm off one of the military guys and fired it into the mess hall. Killed one of the medical doctors and wounded another one of my colleagues. I don't think I've mentioned her yet. Shirley Nielsen, great poker player, even better chemist. Shirley's in, in critical condition. The doctors here are great, though, and the clinic is practically state-of-the-art, so I'm optimistic she'll pull through. George. Took him down so fast, no one had time to ask why. I'll never understand why people at the end of their rope feel the need to take others down with them. Dave's been begging to find a way to get Becky to Anchorage. 
He said she's fallen so deep into a sort of depression that he's worried something might be wrong internally. The clinic doctors insist she's fine and that she's just suffering mentally like the rest of us, as if that isn't reason enough to get a pregnant woman the hell out of here. The docs over at the clinic have gotten real prickly lately. Everyone around here has, in fact. Higher-ups keep denying the Winds' clearance to leave. Not a religious man, but lately I find myself praying for someone to help that little family. Just uh, updating to say there are no updates. Fucking thing is still just sitting there on the salt flats. I just wish we knew what it had planned already. I'm losing sleep. I feel so irate about this. Guess that's what my fear has become, annoyance and anger. I would have never expected I would have felt this way. world has developed into chaos, every nation at war. It's like the ship is making everyone more aggressive. First I thought it was just that the fear of the unknown was putting everyone on edge. It's understandable, but this is different. It's like you can feel it tug at your brain. I spend less time in my hut now. I mainly stay here in the bunker where my lab is. I even dragged my mattress down here. Maybe it's just psychosomatic, but I swear I feel the pull of anger and aggression less down here, like a shield. I keep trying to convince Becky and Dave to move down here full-time too, but she's afraid to be too far from the clinic when she goes into labor. It's sort of an ordeal to get down here, so I guess I can't blame her. It's just everyone up top except us scientists are increasingly irate, highly trained military men who carry assault rifles. Just don't trust them not to go off. Maybe I'm being too paranoid. I need to work. That would help keep my mind off it. That's why I bought this damn thing. But how the hell am I supposed to do that when the world is at war and there's motherfucking alien spacecraft causing everyone to go batshit? Nothing's even come out of the goddamn thing. Not a single little green man or tentacled monster named Gleep Glorp to tell us they're here to probe us. Just nothing but destruction. Top military abandoned us. They left us to fight the war. Sorry, wars, plural. The two remaining doctors are dead. One pulled Shirley's plug before killing the other, then himself. Six nurses are left, at, at least, to deliver Beck's baby. Beck. Becky's been saying some really wild shit. Dave asked me to come talk to her. Thought maybe an, another familiar face would help snap her out of whatever this is. She just keeps saying things like, I, I don't want that little parasite, or can't it just stop? She asked the nurse to take it away once it's out of her. I, I hardly recognized her. She looked grayer gaunt in the face. Her hair even looked thinner. She's in the clinic full time now. They have her on fluids and may need to start a feeding tube. They're afraid she's trying to starve out the baby.
So, some new developments with the spaceship. The creatures have finally emerged. Well, I was right about one thing. They're green, all right. But these are not the little green men from all the stickers and t-shirts. The footage we've received shows human-sized creatures with long limbs, big opalescent eyes, and, and jaws full of sharp fangs dripping with slime. They're hunched and, and naked and, and terrifying. The militaries of the world haven't bothered to attack. They're too busy fighting each other. I don't, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, li I lived through the Cold War doing nuke drills in elementary school because a bunch of grown men couldn't get along. Hell, for thousands of years, we've sacrificed our young people to feed the egos of world leaders, and now we can't even toss a few grenades at actual monsters? Update the creatures seem to be building something. They're even taking apart pieces of their ship, literally dismantling huge chunks of it while crowds of cult members cheer them on. No idea what it is yet. I just know the more they build, the worse Beck seems to get. I, I admit I haven't gone to see her as much as I should. I don't like feeling that feeling I mentioned earlier. I still feel a tug at my brain. Last time I had these intrusive thoughts about shoving Dave's head through the window in Beck's room. I mentioned these feelings to Dave. I left out that particular thought, but I wanted to know if he had been feeling them too. He said he had it first, but he's so sleep deprived watching Beck around the clock that he's hypothesized that he's just too exhausted for it to affect him. His exact words were, hey, can't control a brain that's turned to mush. Went to the mess hall this morning for coffee. Been avoiding everyone but Dave Beck and the nurses, but something told me I needed to check in. There aren't many of us left. The cooks, about eight various scientists, a few custodians, probably a few more I'm forgetting. Still a paltry sum for the bustling miniature city we once had. When I got there, I learned that two nurses, three scientists, and one of the cooks had disappeared overnight. Speaking to their various bunkmates and investigating the grounds didn't bring up anything but some footprints leading away from the facility, like they just walked off into the wilderness. No one volunteered to go looking for them. It seems the creatures have finished building. Looks like a sarcophagus. The more the war rages on, the less frequently we get news, and the poorer quality of the footage and photographs. But from what we've received, it's all I keep thinking it reminds me of the sarcophagus you'd see in Hellraiser. 
It's made of the ship, but it isn't the same iridescent purple somehow. No, this is black, made of thousands of tubes. Under certain lights, it looks like it shifts to red with icy blue spikes or crystals or something sticking out. I've stopped feeling as much of that tug in my brain when I go up, so I've started going up once a day for food and to check in on Dave. Beck is conscious, but she doesn't seem to be there anymore. Her eyes are vacant. She doesn't move. Even her mouth hangs open. It's incredibly disturbing such a vibrant young woman become a zombie. The nurse says the baby is all right, though. In fact, they're going to induce labor soon if she doesn't start naturally. I'm hoping seeing the face of her child will snap her out of this funk. I'm still praying to whoever may be out there to make this all go away. Weeks ago, I reached out to my old college roommate who's a zoologist in San Diego. I mostly wanted updates on how he was faring in a big city during all this crazy, but told me something more disturbing than the riots of man. He said they've been having issues with all the soon-to-be or new mothers at the zoo, like a wave of postpartum has swept over them. All maternal instincts just gone. Apparently they're neglectful at best, but, well, they've lost several zookeepers trying to save the babies before the mothers can get them. Two to a lioness, another to a gorilla, two more to the elephants. I won't go into details, but but my stomach is still upside down after reading that email. I, I honestly don't think I'll shake those images from my nightmares. The animals didn't seem affected before when all the warring started, but now it's like they're trying to drive themselves to extinction. Come to think of it, it seems like we might be doing the same thing. Every day I go up, one or two more people are gone. Some of them wander off like the others, but some of them decide to just end it here. Those of us who remain don't don't talk much, although I think that talking would probably help bring some of the humanity back to all of us. What do I know? Hey, maybe I'm only thinking this clearly because I've insulated myself in the bunker for most of this ordeal. Must be some kind of electromagnetic frequency the ship has given off. Maybe they're all too far gone. Maybe the damage is permanent. They're husks of the people I once saw roaming the grounds and halls of this place. I think maybe I'll just try to go up at night when no one is around. Yes, because they might be dangerous, but to be completely honest, it's mostly just because it's getting hard to witness day in and day out really starts to wear on your spirit. They, uh, they induced Becky a few days ago. I haven't gone to see, uh, I haven't gone up to see the baby yet. I figured they could use a little privacy to celebrate as a new family. At least I hope they're celebrating. 
As for me, I've, uh... The fuck? Who's there? We have to lock this door. Do you have any weapons in here? Dave, what the fuck? What, what are you doing? Jesus Christ, is that your baby? Dave, whatever thoughts you're having, they aren't real. They're, they're coming from those fucking things. They're not real. You, you can't hurt the baby. I'm not hurting the baby. I'm protecting her, Garrett. Becky has gone completely insane. She murdered two of the nurses. She could have gotten all of them. I Beck? No, that's... You yourself told me about the feelings you've been having. The, the tug, the intrusive thoughts. Becky's been having them too, Garrett. I thought it was just hormonal shit combined with the fact that the fucking world is ending. But this is different. Okay? I was so sleep deprived and desperate to have my wife back that I tried to ignore it. I tried not to see it, but I was wrong. She's gone, okay? The Becky I married is not what gave birth to my daughter days ago. She was getting worse, saying weirder, more fucked up shit, stuff I can't even repeat without wanting to throw up. So they decided to sedate her for a few days, give her time to recover. They thought once she woke up and the, the hard part was over, maybe she'd be better. Do you have any weapons? How do you lock this door? Well, she wasn't fucking better. She was a fucking maniac. The nurses started carrying guns after Georgia lost his shit, remember? We thought she was out. And then uh, the nurse went to go check on her. She snatched one of the guns. And then I heard the gunshots. I was coming back from the cafeteria. And Mealy went to the room and they, the, where they were keeping the baby. And I almost didn't get away. One of the nurses was in the hall, bleeding out. She told me to run, so I did. I came here. Becky's always said this place was like Fort Knox. Dave, these locks, she can get into all of them. She works here. She has the access codes to every door. We have to try. We have to try. We have to barricade it. You help me with these filing cabinets, Garrett. And where, does it, where does that door lead to? That leads to the seed vault itself. We can't hide in there, okay? There, there's no way out, and we could freeze to death. Dave, maybe I should hold the baby. Yeah. You're right. I need to move this furniture in front of the door before... You wouldn't... Give it to me. Beck, put the gun down, okay? We can talk about this. I just off two nurses and my own husband. You think I won't do the same to you, old man? Are you still alive, impregnator? Thanks for the coffee mug you got me last Christmas, Beck. It really did come in handy. It's okay, it's okay, little one. Mommy's just taking a little nap, okay? You just lay on Uncle Garrett's bed. I think Mommy needs a timeout.
Dave? Dave, are, are you awake? Dave, are you awake? Shit. Dave, come on. You're okay. It's, it's going to be okay. Come on, buddy. You've got your daughter to live for. you got to wake up. Dave! Dave! Dave, come on, Dave! I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this by myself. God, fucking... It's, uh... It's been a few days since... Since it all happened. I dragged Dave's body outside and buried him in the snow. It wasn't what he deserved, but... It's what I could do. Found formula and, and diapers in the clinic. It's just me and the baby now. Things with the aliens. I'm sure that's really why you're listening to these tapes, if, if you're listening. If anyone's listening. My sarcophagus theory wasn't too far off. However, it, uh, it worked more like a cocoon. The same time Beck went into a murder spree, a, a thing emerged from that black shell. It was indescribably horrific, a, a, a giant, more terrifying version of the original creatures. It instantly annihilated the very monsters that built it, absorbed their life forces until there was nothing left but the slime that dripped from their teeth. The cults were calling it mother. It crept into the minds and, and the hearts of all the world's mothers. I can only imagine that many infants and young children, both human and animal, weren't saved. Seems like it fed on the maternal life force of all the planet Earth, like, like its predecessors did on chaos and destruction. But while the creatures before it created riots and war, their invention only took. She took the humanity and natural instincts that come with being a mammalian mother. Garrett? Garrett, uh, Garrett, are you there? Beck? Beck, is it you? The, the real you? Yes, Garrett, please. I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me out. Please let me see my baby. Tell Dave. Tell Dave I'm better now. Becky, Dave is dead. You, you killed him. I'm sorry, I, I just can't trust you with this child. Garrett, I'll starve in here. You know it's a miracle that I didn't freeze already. This is a sign. Please let me out. I don't know what's happened to me, but I can feel I can feel it's all gone. I can feel it. Sorry, Becky. Garrett? Garrett, no. Garrett, please let me out. Don't let me die in here, please. Please, God, please. I'll be signing off now. More updates to come. We moved to one of the huts outside. It's safe now and they have better insulation. I need to figure out how to get us out of here. I received the best news. 
The creature has left the planet. She's gone and taken all of the cult members with her. The videos I managed to see were of, of terrible quality, but apparently she said something about wanting to go feed on other planets the way she and her creators have fed on ours. She didn't so much speak it, those present said, but implanted it into their minds, the same way she had taken from them before. The fact that she believes she drained us dry gives me reason to believe most of the planet is gone, but someone was taking the video. I received an email from my zoo friend in San Diego. He sent out a blast to everyone in his inbox hoping to find anyone alive. He said the animals have gone back to normal. He also says that hospitals are reporting human mothers are going back to normal as well. That means that Beck is okay. Keep her in the back of one of the off-road vehicles with plenty of warmth, just to be sure, and never leave her with the baby unsupervised. But I think she can finally be the mom I knew she could be now. I'm coming, Beck. Soon we'll have all this behind us. And I promise to be the best godfather Dave could have asked for. Beck? Beck, it's okay now. I know you're okay now. It's the spring thaw now, as thawed as it gets out here. We have all we need to get to the nearest airport. It's time to see what's left of humanity. The plan is to get to San Diego. Seems like a nice place to raise a child. I can get some sort of work at the zoo, if jobs are something that still happens out there. Either way, we can build a life there. I just know it. We just have to make it there. Just me and little Rebecca. Ah, oh, well, well, well. It's nice to see you stuck around. Maybe you ain't as scared as you look, kid. <laughs> I tell you, this is why I don't like guests. They come in peace, and the next thing you know, it's total global annihilation. Always with the global annihilation. Yeesh. If you like that one, just wait till next week for another episode. Skin Crawl Podcast. <laughs> Written by Shelby Scott. Starring Tim Heidecker as Garrett. Rissa Montanez as Becky. Chud Melius as Dave. Russ Moore as the soldier. Graham Rowett as George. And... Skinner as Raleigh. Dialogue editor, Pacific S. Obadiah. Sound design, Brad Colbrock. Music, Ryan House. Showrunner and director, Shelby Scott. Creative director, Skinner. Producer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Executive producers, Tom Owen and Brad Miska. And this is a Bloody FM show. Visit bloody.fm.
Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 